Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today, I'd like to look at what it means to respect authority. We live in a modern age of independence, and it's very easy to overlook the fact that God has placed authority figures in our lives, people like parents and other trusted leaders, not to make us miserable, but to bless us and to protect us. I remember one of my earliest lessons in the blessing of honoring authority came during my love story with Eric in my young adult years. I had gone through a season where I really tried to keep my parents at arm's length. I didn't want them involved in my love story. I wanted to make my own decisions. And then as God began to unfold my love story with Eric, he really awakened us to the value of involving our parents and asking for their counsel and allowing them to be our teammates as we progress the relationship forward. It was such an incredible blessing. I thought it would lead to overbearing parents that wanted to control everything, but really the opposite was true. They so appreciated being honored for their position and they realized that we were listening to the Spirit of God, so they really trusted us throughout the relationship to be led by God. But I remember specifically my dad and Eric getting together on a regular basis and talking about the best way, the most God-honoring way to progress the relationship forward and Eric seeking his counsel on things. And through the years, I've often thought back to that and realized, wow, the two most important men in my life at that time were meeting together to talk about how to protect me and how to keep the relationship God-honoring. What an incredible blessing that's so many young people miss out on when they're navigating those relationship years. Honoring authority isn't just for relationships. It really is something that's meant to carry throughout all of our lives, even when we become adults. I remember watching an eye-opening documentary about the abortion industry. It's called Blood Money. And in this documentary, a former abortion clinic owner talked about the marketing strategy of money-hungry organizations that prey upon the vulnerability and naivety of today's young women. And she said that abortion providers often target young girls with very specific goals in mind. She said, we are trying to break down their natural modesty. We're trying to separate them from their parents and we're trying to become the relationship expert in their lives. And it's interesting to me that this industry that wants them to go down that path of ending up at an abortion clinic, one of their key goals is to separate these young girls from the authority figures in their lives and sort of replace that uh, in their life. When young girls begin to distance themselves from the authority and the protection of their parents, they become so much more vulnerable to buying the lies of the culture and making devastating decisions that will affect them for the rest of their lives. But no matter what our age or our season of life, God God has placed people above us who are meant to counsel us and help guide our steps, not control our lives, but be those teammates that can really provide that wisdom that we need right when we need it. So when we're young and we're living at home under our parents' authority, God calls us to submit to their leadership. And even after we're adults living independently, we're still called to honor them and respect their position in our lives. When we get married, God asks us to submit to our husband's authority. And when we're a part of a church body, we are to come under the spiritual direction of our pastors and our appointed church leaders. No matter what stage of life we're in, showing deference to our elders and honor towards our authority figures is a key way to honor God and to keep our feet on the path of wisdom. Eric and I have often told young people that driving down the interstate without a rear view mirror or side mirrors on your car is a good way to crash really quickly. And it's the same when you try to navigate really key decisions in your life without those authority figures like your parents to give you wisdom to see things that maybe you can't see and to offer counsel at key points and key steps of decision that you need to make. 
I remember hearing a study a number of years ago that said today's young people, the younger generation today, are the most likely out of any generation in history to betray their mentors, including parents and teachers and leaders. So many parents have gone through the heartache of pouring out their lives for their children just to be disregarded and even despised and rejected as their children become young adults. But really, parents aren't the only authority figures who are experiencing this incredible phenomenon in our culture today. Church leaders and pastors and teachers and godly mentors often find themselves respected one day and hated the next. Older people in our culture are being tossed aside once they reach a certain age. It's like their value and their position is disregarded and scorned by an entire generation. And even government officials and government leaders are often treated with contempt instead of respect. It's really sad to realize that this breakdown of respect isn't just happening in secular circles, but has crept into the church as well. And it's not just among young people. It could be towards parents, elders, pastors, mentors, or other spiritual leaders. So many Christians feel justified tossing loyalty and honor aside the moment that it serves their own interests. Dishonoring authority has become such a prominent issue both within secular society and also within the church that some people have called it the spirit of the age. Scripture is very clear about what happens when authority is overlooked and everyone does what is right in his or her own eyes. It says in Romans one twenty nine, they are whisperers, backbiters, proud, boasters, and disobedient to parents. And in 2 Timothy 3, 2, men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. I think it's very interesting that being disobedient and disrespectful towards your parents are put in that same category of being a blasphemer and being unthankful and unholy. And this really is an incredible picture of our world today. And like I said, even in the Christian world, it's a world where children are ungrateful toward the people who have brought them into it, a world where Christians flippantly disregard and even betray those who have labored for their souls, and a world where it's politically correct to despise elected leaders. It's a world that despises its heritage and will quickly sell its sacred birthright for a bowl of red stew like Esau did. That is the spirit of the age in which we live. As leaders, Eric and I, my husband and I, we know all too well the pain of tirelessly investing ourselves into a soul only to have that person eventually turn against us, despise us, and even betray us. This has happened to us more than once, and we can fully relate to Amy Carmichael's description of this kind of experience when she wrote this. We have toiled for someone dear to us, but never knew it as toil. We have poured out stores of health, never to be recovered, but did not know it, nor would we have cared if we had known it. So dearly did we love. And all our hope was that the one so cherished would become a minister to others, but it was not so. And then unwillingly, we became aware of a strange unresponsiveness in the one for whom nothing had seemed too much to do, of a coldness that chilled, a hardness that pushed away, as with hard hands, the heart that had almost broken to save that life from destruction. Then, but only those who have gone through such a bereft hour will understand, a fear worse than any pain has us in its grip, is the love of the years slipping from us. That quote is so hard to read, but it's so powerful. And anyone who has been sort of betrayed or rejected by those they've poured out their lives for can relate to those words. How many parents and godly leaders today have felt that same kind of grief? It's maybe a very small glimpse into what Jesus must have felt when he was cheered and worshiped with palm branches one day as he entered Jerusalem, only to be rejected and crucified by those same people just days later. 
but among true believers, it should not be this way. God's word is very clear about how we as Christians are to treat our authorities, again, not with casual disregard, but with the utmost honor and respect. It says in 1 Timothy 5.17, Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially of those who have labored in the word and doctrine. In Leviticus 19.32, it says, You shall rise before the gray-headed and honor the presence of an old man and fear your God. That scripture is so interesting to me because honoring the elderly is actually put on the same level of fearing God. And in Proverbs 23, 22, listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she is old. And then in Hebrews 13, 17, obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you. Now, unprofitable in this verse means hurtful. God is making it clear that when we dishonor and disregard our authorities, we're doing so to our own hurt and our own destruction. As this verse tells us, the authorities that he's placed in our lives watch out for our souls. They have been placed there for our blessing, our benefit, and our protection. We may not always understand why our parents and leaders do what they do or have the cautions that they have, but we need to remember that God has anointed them for this task. And as much as we may not want to accept it, heeding the counsel of our spiritual authorities is one of the key ways that God speaks to us and directs our steps. We so often like to bypass this principle, rushing ahead with our own plans and our own desires without really taking the time to seek counsel and guidance from those in authority over us. But when we do this, we're choosing the way of foolishness rather than the way of wisdom. It says in Proverbs twelve fifteen, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. And again, in Proverbs 26, 12, do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. To avoid the many pitfalls that come from being wise in our own eyes and adopting that spirit of the age that we've been talking about, we have to be willing to go against the tide when it comes to honoring our authorities. Other people may sell their birthright for a bowl of red stew, but God has called us to put aside those fleshly desires and value the heritage that he has given us. Now, this does not mean blind loyalty towards our parents or leaders or having no mind of our own or letting ourselves be led into ungodly behavior, but it does mean a purposeful decision to honor and respect those who have the authority over us, even if we don't always agree with their decisions or their perspective. How do we live this out practically? I want to share with you three important principles that have really helped me understand this in my own life. The first one is to guard against self-justification. We've talked about this in other podcasts. Self-justification is so easy to fall into. So when we find ourselves becoming angry or resentful toward a parent or a leader's correction or guidance in our lives, oftentimes it is because we're living in self-justification. I remember a situation in my young adult years when I fell into that trap of self-justification. I had a trusted mentor in my life. She had a position to speak into my life, but she challenged me about a movie that I had liked and watched and recommended to others. It wasn't a godly or edifying movie, but it was artistic and funny, and that's why I chose to overlook its impure elements. But when she questioned me about it, I began to immediately inwardly criticize her. I had thoughts like, who does she think she is? She's trying to be holier than thou, and she's trying to remove all the fun and freedom from my life. I convinced myself that this mentor of mine was enslaved to legalism and pride rather than being genuinely concerned for my soul. 
But later on, when God began to really convict me of my low standards in regard to pop culture entertainment, I realized very clearly that she had been right in her concerns. That movie was not something I should have been watching, let alone recommending to others. And I had rejected her perspective because of self-justification. So when parents or other leaders speak into your life, I would encourage you to be watchful against backing into a corner of self-justification. If you find yourself becoming angry or defensive, don't just immediately assume that your authority figure is in the wrong. Ask God to show you the root cause of why you're feeling defensive. Is it because you're allowing sin into your life, but you just don't want to admit it? Or are you rejecting that gentle conviction that God might be wanting to bring into your life through the faithful words of your leader? Proverbs 27, 6 says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. We often want our authority figures to just smile and approve everything we do in our lives rather than to ask us those difficult questions or speak truth that can prick our conscience. But we need to remember that God has commissioned them to cause those faithful wounds when needed and challenge us when they sense we are veering off track. And the godly response is to receive their correction with humility rather than self-justification and anger. The second key for honoring our authorities is to handle disagreements with honor. You might find yourself in a situation where you believe your parents or your leaders are not acting in accordance with God's word or representing Christ's nature. Maybe you just find yourself disagreeing with their perspective. This definitely presents a challenge. How do we handle our disagreement in an honorable way and still respect their authority position in our life? All too often, I've seen Christians throw loyalty and honor and respect out the window the moment that they feel they have have a justifiable reason to do that. If they feel their authority figure is in the wrong, they believe they have a valid reason to become caustic and critical and disrespectful in return. But scripture makes it clear that the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. It says that in James 1.20. So no matter how wrong you believe your parents or your leaders are, there's never an excuse to revile or dishonor them. Paul gives us clear instructions for how to make loving, godly appeals to someone who is older or in authority over us. He says, never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would to your own father. And in the book of Philemon, he shows a specific example in which he respectfully appealed to a slave owner on behalf of his slave. He says, therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake, I rather appeal to you. I've known many young Christians who rather than making loving appeals to their parents or their spiritual leaders, go on a rampage against them, spreading gossip and venom against them, posting nasty things about them online, and behaving in a very unchristlike way when they interact with them, like giving them the cold shoulder or spewing out angry words at them. Often they convince themselves that they are spiritually justified in doing these things because they think that their parent or their leader is so wrong that they are only worthy of being treated with contempt. But when we allow fleshly anger to take over, we can be sure that we are not honoring God or standing for righteousness. James tells us clearly where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. And Jesus gives us the sobering warning that whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hell fire. If you find yourself disagreeing with an authority figure in your life, be watchful of letting anger and pride take over and dictate your response. The godly approach is to continue to show love and honor in your actions and your words towards your leaders, no matter how much you may disagree with them. If you are yielded to God's spirit, he may lead you to make a respectful appeal to your parent or leader about the issue that you're concerned about. This usually happens after diligent prayer and heart preparation and not in the heat of the moment. Freshly read for 
1 Corinthians 13 and be sure that your actions and attitudes are lining up with God's pattern for Christ-like love and not the world's pattern of fleshly anger and pride. And the third practical for honoring authority is to choose prayer over criticism. I love what Oswald Chambers says, God never gives us discernment so that we may criticize, but so that we may intercede. It can be so tempting to constantly nitpick your parents, your husband, or your leaders and become critical of their actions and their decisions. For some reason, we tend to expect anyone in authority to be perfect instead of human. But rather than being nitpicky and critical, God asks us to extend grace to them and pray diligently about the things that may concern us. Remember, our authorities will never be perfect this side of heaven. We honor them not because of their perfection, but because of the position that God has given them in our lives. I can say from personal experience that being a parent is no easy task. Being a spiritual leader and teacher is even more daunting and challenging. James' words ring very true for me when he says, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. I have found that this is not only true of the coming judgment, but also in the here and now. As a leader, I sometimes feel like I receive far more strict criticism and judgment from my fellow Christians than I do encouragement and appreciation. This can be extremely demoralizing, and I've sometimes really, honestly, wrestled with the temptation to give up my calling and ministry because of it. But in contrast, it is such an amazing blessing when I interact with believers who offer grace and love and prayer instead of nitpicking and criticism. It's truly refreshing and encouraging at the deepest level to find Christians who really apply that principle, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, towards their leaders and their authorities. Most parents and leaders I've met struggle with feeling like failures, and they are far more aware of their own faults than those who observe them. So I encourage you to take time to walk a mile in their shoes once in a while. Don't expect perfection from them, but diligently pray for them to be made more and more into the likeness of Christ. Extend grace for their shortcomings. And remember that being in a position of authority is not easy. Next time you are tempted to criticize, pray for them instead. And above all, treat them exactly the way you would want to be treated if and when God places you in a position of authority in someone else's life. Jesus reminds us that treating others as we want to be treated sums up the entire law and the prophets. So let's not overlook that. So here are some final thoughts that I want to share with you. The way we respond to our earthly authorities often defines how we respond to our ultimate authority, God. So this is not an area of our lives to take lightly. If you've been treating your parents, your husband, your elders, your leaders in a dishonoring way, I encourage you to ask God to forgive you and teach you how to walk in the opposite manner. If you've hurt those in authority over you through a spirit of rebellion or pride, take time to make things right with those people. Maybe you just need to express your appreciation and gratitude to those who have invested into your life. Or God may be asking you to show deference and respect for the older generation rather than dismissing them as old-fashioned and out of touch. Whatever practical steps God places on your heart, be willing to swallow your pride, get out of your comfort zone, and go against the tide of what is normal to our culture in this area of your life. Honoring authority may at first seem like a dismal responsibility, but I can guarantee if you embrace it joyfully and walk this narrow path by the grace of God, you will discover the unmatched strength and blessing that begins to flow into your life as a result, not to mention a closer walk with Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2, 13 and 14 says, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king is supreme or to governors, etc. It's for the Lord's sake that we do 
these things. And Colossians 3.22 says, Bond servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. So all throughout scripture, we are reminded that the one we are truly submitting to when we honor our authorities is Jesus Christ. Let's remember how much he humbled himself for our sakes. Are we willing to humble ourselves for his? I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into this topic, visit us at setapartgirl.com and look at the many articles and resources that we have on living a Christ-centered life. And please join us for our upcoming Set Apart Conference, June 5th through 7th in Colorado, or join us via simulcast anywhere you are. Go to setapartgirl.com to learn more. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.